Okay. Monday evening football daily show. We're back, baby. And we're humping. We're humping. Because it's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. We are very excited. We're very excited. We got a lot of uh, sports news to, to cover today. Maybe not a ton. But we got some interesting topics that we're going to talk about. Go through. Give you the ins and outs. Let you know how to set your fantasy lineup this early in the season. Um, who's going to be there? Who's not going to be there? All that good stuff. Nick, are you excited? Pumped. Nice. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Guys, we're happy to be back. A couple of uh, a couple of housekeeping things that we, we do have to touch on real quick. Hey, we do a newsletter. It's great. It's packed full of information. Feel free with that on Substack. You can find that in the link in the description below. Also, feel free to like and subscribe. I think uh, we don't mention that enough, but we do need to plug ourselves from time to time. And I think if you liked and subscribed, that is actually the best ways to help out this channel and help us grow. Because that's what we want to do after all. We want to grow. We don't want to take steps back. We want to grow as like a, a great football organization type of thing. So, you know, that being said, Nick, our guy, Timmy, 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 Timmy. Oh. Happening with, uh, with Timothy the over there himself. in Jacksonville. I mean, as you guys know... We're very high guys on Tim Tebow. So, the highest. Um, but I did see that they're trying, uh, Urban Meyer maybe planning to use him in a Taysom Hill role type of thing, which I think uh, I think we kind of expected that a little bit early on, that he would probably, you know, get some touches, you know, throwing the ball, different things like that. You know, you bring him in as a tight end because it probably, for him, that's probably the position he can uh, adjust to the quickest. But you do have a lot of uh, unique attributes with Tim Tebow that makes him a versatile guy like Taysom Hill. Now, do I think Tim Tebow is better than Taysom Hill? Absolutely. 100%. Not very high on Taysom Hill. He's a utility guy. I don't know if that experience is ever going to work out. But we'll see. The way they use him in that Saints offense, you know, it it helps the Saints offense. Uh, But I think there's a lot of people around the league that are a lot higher on Taysom Hill than I am. Um, but also I don't know him personally. Maybe if I got to know him personally, we went out to lunch, you know, chatted a little bit, maybe my feelings would change. This is just from afar feelings. So, but Tim Tebow, I'm, I'm excited for it, Nick. What, what are you expecting hearing this little development, you know, come Tim Tebow time? Oh man, I am expecting an absolute circus. I think the fact that Urban Meyer is going out of his way to be like, Hey guys, I'm going to let you know, here's a fella who hasn't played NFL football in like seven years. And not only are we going to play him at tight end, we're going to put him everywhere on offense. He might be throwing the ball. He might be catching the ball. He might be rushing the ball. We might put him on the left side, the right side. We might throw him in the backfield. He might be a decoy. Sometimes we might just throw him out there to mess with the other team. Like, we just, we don't know. He's just going to be everywhere all the time. And I, I think uh, that's a fascinating thing to be putting out into the world especially about a player who has not played NFL football in, like I said, about seven years. So I think uh, the circus is definitely in town in Jacksonville. Now, I'm not saying this isn't going to be fantastic to watch. I am, <laughs> I am incredibly excited to see this, but I do think it is a little bit interesting that the Jacksonville Jaguars have seemed to lean so much on the Tebow situation so early on. I mean, it is kind of unfortunate that the number one pick in the NFL draft is on their team, and we spend more time talking about Tim Tebow. And not by our choice, 
because that is literally what is covered all the time. And the reason it's covered all the time is because that's all their head coach is talking about is Tim Tebow. Now, I do think it plays into your thought of the media like circus that Urban Meyer might be trying to create. If you saw the other yep. day, Urban Meyer had, uh, I believe, WWE in his office uh, doing a little like um, <laughs> promo for that. Yep. And so Urban Meyer seems to be trying to to make a uh, splash in Jacksonville with the media especially. But putting Tim Tebow out there uh, as your focus every day in the media is a little odd to me when you have the number one pick. Now, could that uh, – my question to you is, could this be happening on purpose because he knows that Tebow not only brings the media attention, but he can also handle that media attention at this point? And he's actually trying to take some of that pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. Could this be a little he's playing chess, we're playing checkers situation from Urban Meyer? Yeah, absolutely. And that you as you were saying that, the thought clicked into my head of like, you know, it really is a smart strategy to have someone else be the distraction in, in a way. You know, like Tim Tebow, obviously, when he's there, and I'm sure you can ask anyone on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they'll be like, yeah, no, Tim Tebow, he's not a distraction. He comes in, he works hard. But it does take a lot of focus off of Trevor Lawrence, you know, whether he's going to be great, live up to the hype, that type of stuff. And it, it definitely does seem like a chestnut checkers move because, like, Tim Tebow, like, I know you say he, you know, hadn't been in football, but he has been throwing. Now, given it to baseball. But so, similar so the, mechanics. The is still there. The arm movement is still there, you know, similar. I mean, you got to tweak a couple things. And, like, he's not going to be throwing on every down. So, you know, on those tight end around Hail Marys that they're going to be putting in. So, if you play the Jacksonville Jaguars, make sure you're watching out for that. You know, you're going to see the tight end pull. You think it's going to be a run, but no, he's pulling to get the handoff behind, and then he's going to fucking bomb that shit. And it's going to be exciting to watch. I'm all for him playing in a Taysom Hill-type role. I think that only makes the Jacksonville Jaguars more electric, a little tougher to plan for. And it uh, it definitely seems like what Urban Myers is doing down there is definitely playing chess and not backgammon. So... You know, he's uh, very strategic down there. He's killing it. I, I like what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing, and they are they are quickly becoming my favorite AFC team for this upcoming Excellent. season. Excellent. I love. See, I love it. I think uh, they they have all of the media attention they need to just absolutely like if they could win a couple games early. Just absolutely take the league over. Now, here's my question to you. Over, under, how many trick plays do they run week one? Week one. Hmm. Um, the over, under, I would set that line at one and a half. Yeah, I think that's and I good. And I would take the under. I think that's that's interesting. Oh, the under, okay. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I know we don't like to normally bet the unders, but I also don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are just going to, you know, come in week one and show you all the trick plays that they have up. But I'm sure, like, throughout this, if you put the season over under trick plays, I would put that over under at probably, like, 10. Yeah, see, if you're looking if you're looking in the playbook, that, that chapter is pretty thick, is what you're saying. The trick play portion of the playbook yeah. is probably pretty dense compared to most and, other teams. And, and it's probably pretty dense when you, it's probably a couple pages just in the Tim Tebow section, you yeah, know. That's true. But then you start looking at some of the other guys on the team, you know, and 
you know, there's some possibilities for different trick plays that, you know, maybe Tim Tebow is a part of, but not the focal point. So, you know, I, I put that over under at 10, and I will hammer that over oh, for trick okay. plays. For Zach, I like Zaguars, that. I like that. For sure. Um, but, you know, speaking about tight ends, I don't know if you uh, happen to see the Bengals tight end doing a little, uh, oh, little yeah. interview. This guy. And I'm going to be honest. When you're talking about teammates – this is the guy I want on my team. Yeah. Because when he talked, this guy can see the vision. He was talking. I who do you know who it was by chance? I I uh, had the article. In, yeah, it was like a, I think it was a, something. Yeah, and he was like at a yeah he was like at a press conference I think just after practice like after OTAs kind of kind yeah. of deal. And uh, he was talking about like how he wants he has this vision of Joey Burrow's just drunk as shit celebrating the Super Bowl title. Like J.R. Smith style, no shirt on. Okay. Just, and he went into incredibly descriptive detail oh. of how this all played. He's like, it doesn't matter where we're at. I'm just going to be feeding Joe Burrow drinks. And he's like, oh, yeah, I play for the Bengals too. But like this dude, he wasn't even thinking about himself. He was just thinking about his quarterback being like, oh, Joe Burrow's my guy. He's a cool ass dude. I want to see this dude win a Super Bowl. And when he does win a Super Bowl, I'm just going to be serving him drinks. Not thinking, like, when he does win a Super Bowl, I will also win a Super Bowl because I'm on his team. That, like, yep. that, that level of selflessness to me, and maybe it's not selflessness, maybe he was just being goofy, but, like, to me it came off as authentic when he was talking. And, you know, that that's a type of guy that I want on my team. And Joe Burrow, you know he's going to see it. That only strengthens the bond between the tight end quarterback position there, especially, you know, when you do have a guy that, Seemingly being authentic in those type of remarks, um, I, I think that's a good uh, a good thing for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Hey, I mean, at the end of the day, what does it what does it show us? It shows us that for whatever people want to say, Joe Burrow, even though he was hurt last year, has obviously made an impression on some of his teammates. They obviously see yeah. him as you know he was touted coming out of the draft as a leader, as a guy that the the guys on his team love to play with, and. When you've got a tight end out here, and he's he's talking this way about Joe Burrow, and you have someone in your in your receiving core essentially speaking that highly about your quarterback, Scott, it only makes me think of one thing. And honestly, that's the man right here, the namesake of eighty-one Vino. It's Theo, oh, because the reality are. is, because the reality is, this is a guy that loved his quarterback. This is a guy that was always uh, looking out for the the people that were were his teammates. And to be quite honest, you know, this is this is the same type of energy right here that you want to see from a young man. He's looking at Joe Burrow and he's saying, "That's my guy. My future, in my eyes, involves myself and Joe Burrow." In, in some sort of the drunk leading the drunk situation through <laughs> some sort of a nightclub after we've. We've hoisted the trophy, but he, uh, he's got the same sort of belief in his quarterback, it feels like, that this man right here that we have on screen there, T.O., had in his quarterback back in the day. And you know what? At the end of the day, I look forward to watching the Cincinnati Bengals this year, maybe drinking some 81 Vino while I do it. And if hey. you guys are interested in trying some of that 81 Vino yourselves, ours is on the way. Ours is on the way. We're going to be coming. trying it here in a, a couple days, I believe. We're going to be trying it. So go ahead, get your, get your orders in now. 81 Vino. I mean, come on. You guys are drinking wine anyway, or you're not. It doesn't really matter. The reality of the situation is, when are you going to have an opportunity to buy Terrell Owens wine? This is this is a no-brainer. This is the most obvious purchase that I think we've made in a while. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, 
You know, support a guy who used to support his quarterback. Yep. And I will say this, Nick. You saw how hard he worked on the field, Terrell Owens. you got to imagine he's only taking that energy of hard work and determination and grit and, and showmanship to the vineyard, bro. He's getting the grapes. He's touched up. He's getting his – he's not getting his popcorn ready anymore. He's getting his grapes ready. He's getting his barrels ready to bring a fantastic vino to you. So, guys, definitely check that out. And just if you order a bottle, just make sure you put in the notes. The guys over at uh, Monday Evening Football sent me. There you go. It's just that easy. Look at that. Yeah, T. beautiful thing. Tio's making so, wine. You know, I heard uh, I heard Eddie Lacy and BJ Raji opened a, a like a I believe like a gentleman's club, but I think it's like a buffet or something like that. I think I heard that recently. I got to look more into that. But you, you always buffet? you always like to see some something along those lines. You always like to okay. see. Uh, you know, these former players getting out into the business world, you know, you see, you see more and more of those stories and T.O. taking a crack at it. And we are huge supporters. So check that for out. Sure. I mean, an, an elite wide receiver for sure. And in switching gears to another elite wide receiver, it's interesting to see what the Buffalo Bills are doing, Nicholas, with Stefan Diggs, because they just restructured his contract. And so I'm a little curious to see what they're doing. Are they making a push for Zach Ertz from the Philadelphia Eagles? Are they trying to sign some people that they drafted? Um, but what I saw was Stefan Diggs, his $12 million base salary is down to like 999000 base salary for 2021, which is opens up $11 million cap space for the Buffalo Bills to really go and make some moves. Uh, so my question to you, Nicholas, uh-huh. is what do you see the Buffalo Bills doing with that money? Yeah, I think uh, I think using that strategy that a lot of these teams use, where they'll convert some of the salary into a signing bonus to get it off the cap, the player still makes the same amount of money. They get it up front, so they're happy as hell. But the team is alleviated there. I think the teams only are using that to free up cap space to use immediately. That seems to be the obvious obvious scenario. So I don't see any other scenario playing out here where the Bills are not actively trying to make a move here to get somebody. Now, it'll probably come through a trade, right? Obviously, I don't think it's going to be like some free agent signing or anything. So, you know, they'll probably move a few pieces and then try to make something happen because $11 million is a decent amount of money, but I did read that they still need to sign two of their draft picks. So you got to think you got to think that they're going to have to move a player or two as well. But if the Buffalo Bills are able to maybe move a player and a pick and go get someone like Julio Jones... Or maybe go get yeah. someone like Zach Ertz. That definitely changes the dynamic. And I think that they they are also very aware that the New England Patriots are trying to do very similar things. And yeah. so with a team in your division like that, I think you you have to kind of move as they move, right? If the Patriots seem like they're positioning for something, the Bills want to make sure that they're they're right behind them and they're able to make a move if the Patriots make a move and try to keep that balance um, in that division. So. I think they're obviously going to make a move. I think Zach Ertz and Julio Jones are obviously the top two targets you would imagine. And I'll be honest, from the fans' perspective, you and I are are familiar with Bills fans more than most fan bases in the country, to yep. be honest. And the Bills fans, that's what they're going to want at the end of the day. They're going to want Ertz or Julio Jones. They don't want you moving this money around and messing with things if you're not going to go get a big-name guy like that. So... I would look at both those spots. I think Ertz probably makes a little more sense. But can you imagine yeah. Julio Jones and Stefan Diggs with a Josh Allen arm oh, throwing to them? 
Just go long. Yeah. Just we'll run. Just run eighty yards that way, and it's, we'll find it's it. It's a hail mary every time, <laughs> and Stephon Diggs and Julio Jones, you two just go up and get it. I mean, like that's what it, Josh Allen might so, set a, a, a record for ever. I mean, he might set every record if that was his receiving yeah. core. It's very possible. And here's the here's the only other scenario I could see with what they would do with that money is sign a guy like Josh Allen to a contract extension, mm. really lock him in long-term. Yeah. Um, is it another idea that I think Bills fans would be extremely excited about? Because like you said, they they are at the top of their division right now. So getting a guy like Ertz and, you know, Julio Jones does definitely help them, you know, reach that pinnacle that is the Super Bowl right now. But I think when you see what the Patriots are doing and reloading there, I think, the, the Bills want to take a strategy probably of more like, hey, we want to be at the top of this division for a long time, very much like the New England Patriots have done. So I could see them maybe looking a little more towards the future and trying to retain a couple guys, sign them to a little longer deals. So I could see them going that avenue to kind of combat the 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 you know, the big, bad uh, Belichick's of the world. Let me ask you this. If you're the Bills, do you go with a move like, do you call – Atlanta or Philly and do you go look straight up if New England offers you guys something we'll beat it do you Hmm. do you play that game if you're them where you go look I we can't afford to let this team in our division go get Julio Jones that is worse for us than giving up too much for him ourselves yeah so I don't know what the uh what the parameters are around of doing something like that, of saying like, Hey, if a team offers this, we'll offer more. Like, I don't know, like if you can do that in the NFL landscape, uh, but it seems like an innocent enough thing where if you can do that, like, yeah, let's, let's have that conversation. And also a thing that I probably think a lot of teams aren't reaching out and saying like, Hey, if this team in our division reaches out to you, let us know. But also, you have to have a really good relationship with a lot of the GMs and teams around the league yep. to be able to to even pull pull that off. Because if you come to me as a GM and you say, "Well, hey, if this if the Patriots offer you, let us know. We'll beat it." If the Patriots offer me and it's good, I'm taking it for my right. team. I'm not, you know, I may not be giving an, another call because you never know what happens with the Patriots. They might pull that offer, go after someone else. Right. But yeah, I mean. You think, like, why wouldn't you at least make that phone call and have that conversation with uh, someone in the front office? Well, you know? here's the benefit, right? And the the benefit that they have is, uh, this I've been thinking a little bit more about, do the Patriots really want to, or, or the, the Falcons, rather, really want to do a deal with the Patriots with their recent history, just play them in the Super Bowl, right? 28-3, that whole scenario. Are the Falcons yeah. and the Falcons uh, front office, are they aware that maybe the fans wouldn't exactly be behind a, a deal to the Patriots? Does that help a team like the Bills in these negotiations be like, look, man, your fan base is going to crucify you guys if you trade Julio Jones to the Patriots with your recent history? Like, we're in that same division. We don't want to let that happen. We'll beat what they're offering you. I think the pitch from the Bills is pretty extraordinary for Julio Jones, in fairness. <laughs> I think it – I absolutely do. But, you know, if it, this is probably what Bills fans want to hear. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know that they'll be able to pull that off. But I do think that they have a hell of a pitch, especially 
you know, when you're seeing these reports that like some of these other AFC teams seem to be the ones making offers, now's now's your chance to throw your hat in the ring, right? Yeah. And and to your point, you know, they're with like, you know, the Falcons fan base may be pissed off if they trade Julio to the Patriots. I guess the only thing that would help that situation if that trade happened is if they did get a lot of value in return that within this next year immediate immediately made an impact that the Falcons fans could see. Um, because, like, you know, I know some Falcons fans, and it's uh, it's very much how we are handling the Aaron Rodgers situation. Yeah. Uh, but this is, like, a little more real with Julio potentially leaving before the season. You know, with the Rodgers situation, it's still a little up in the air. But, yeah, Falcons fans, I hope I hope the, the, the management, you know, your front office there is really looking to get top value for – Julio Jones and really doing their due diligence for your organization, um, you know, get some good, good value back. And, you know, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of getting picks back. I mean, I know they, they help you in the future and maybe that's, that's what the Falcons are looking to do, but you know, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out between the bills and the Patriots. If Julio goes there, you know, who, who knows he may not, but I do think if Buffalo bills is looking for, Another threat to add to that wide receiving core. I do think Zach Ertz for them is probably a little more realistic of a guy to go out and get for him. And but yeah, it would be menacing to see Julio and Stephon Diggs no um, on the same team. So it'll it'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, so it 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 will be interesting. But I will say this, Nick. I I, I noticed um, the lights behind you. Is that like a is that like an olive maybe today, uh, or are we still... It's unfortunately still green there, Scott. Uh, oh, for for those of you who haven't seen before, these lights will not change. I don't even like the, I don't even like the green lights. I think the blue looks... No, they do, they do nothing for us. I think eyes, the blue guys. looks way better. I think the blue makes things pop a little more. We're trying to get the... We're trying to grow this channel. You know, we want this thing to look good. I don't even think these green lights look good. But out of solidarity to all of my Packers fans out there, uh, these lights will stay green until we have an answer on Aaron Rodgers. And I think what Scott's getting at here is we still don't have an answer on Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately. We do not. Uh, and you've got, you've got places like, I believe, um, one of the mainstream media outlets running stories about, uh, you know, could things change with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers this week, which in my mind makes it feel like a slow news day. If I can be honest with you, because it's yeah. like, you could run that story any day of the week and all the time forever. Like if the story is, Hey, things might change with Aaron Rodgers in the next few days. Like you can run that any time. So it makes me think they're kind of grasping at straws a little bit at this point, because there hasn't been much new news with the Rodgers situation. But I guess if I'm going to be kind to, these fucking mainstream media outlets. Yeah, maybe. I guess maybe we could find out something <laughs> new this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's kind well, of we, obvious. Yeah, I mean, because we are getting to the, the date of, like, mandatory training camp and stuff like that. So, I mean, and, and even mandatory is, like, such a subjective word. What's mandatory to you is different than what's mandatory to me. you're Aaron Rodgers, me, right. You know, right. so, but... uh. But yeah, so so we'll see this you know upcoming week we'll we'll have an answer whether he's there or not. But the thing you know, I don't see this story dying out even after Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay. Yeah, you I, know I just I agree. there's still going to be the hoopla around it of like yeah he's back but is he happy blah 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 and you know 
if you're trying to get information about what's going on with the Aaron Rodgers situation, I really think there's only like a few places you can go to get accurate information. You can go to Aaron Rodgers' Twitter page. I know that's a good source of information for things that have to do with Aaron Rodgers. Yes. You're not going to find much football stuff there, but you know, you might find a few things here and there that you didn't know about. Two, the Pat McAfee show. I think he does it right when he has Aaron Rodgers on, ask him great questions, and it's not leading questions that like the media try to do to to get a quote. So I think, you know, they give a fair perspective on the Aaron Rodgers situation. And then also I think you got the guys over at Monday Evening Football. I think they give a fair, yes. biased, you know, perspective of the Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, unapologetically Packers fans over there. But they cover the whole the whole NFL, so feel free to, uh, you know, feel free to to check check those guys out. But uh, you know, they're giving like real accurate analysis and you know having the conversations around this Aaron Rodgers things that I think are are more productive than what the media is trying to put out there and portray. But I also understand why the media does it because. There's 31 NFL teams out there that would all love to have Aaron Rodgers. So to float that news story out there, that's going to be good for ratings because that's what it's all about at the end of the day for these huge media companies. You know, for us over here, it's just about views, not ratings. So big difference there. And uh, do you ever think that we'll? Do you ever think that we'll look back and and uh, on the fact that when we launched Monday Evening Football at the beginning, you know, when we're when we're out in the future and we've got we've got it established and it's a brand that people know and trust and love, right? You think we'll look back and we'll be like, man, it is kind of nuts that out of uh, out of all of the news stories that could have happened in the first like year that we launched it, this Aaron Rodgers thing hit and just dominated the coverage for the first however many months, you know, of this. I think it's fascinating that, especially for us as Packers fans, like this is what we kind of came into this this NFL media landscape uh, covering. It's it's definitely going to be memorable, I think, like well, well into the future. Yeah, it it will definitely be um, exciting to look back on. In I mean, it, it's a good and a bad thing because it lets people know we're Packers fans, so we get that off our chest right from the jump, you know. So there's no like, oh well, like is he biased? Like when we're talking about the Packers, yeah, there's probably going to be a little bit of bias. Yep. Just so you know. You know, it's just like when Fox News talks about something that a Republican does versus a Democrat. It's like there's, there's some bias, bias there. Right, right. It, it, there's going to be bias anywhere. We're upfront about it. You know, we'll let you know. Mm-hmm. And we try to be unbiased about everything else in the NFL as much as we can. Now, there's a team called the Chicago Bears that we can't help having a little bias there, too. So there's two teams we have a little bias towards. But other than that, you know, we're 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 giving you a, a fresh, proper perspective. But yeah, I do. I feel good that Roger, this Rogers um, dynamic is happening because it's like we do get a chance to talk about Aaron Rodgers, like our favorite quarterback probably of all time. Oh yeah, the best, the best quarterback of all time. Oh yeah. And but I, at the other, the other, uh, the flip side of that is like sometimes I feel like we talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers too much, but that's only because he's in the news every day and it's like the biggest story. So far this summer. So it's like it's a double edged sword, but like it is something we have to cover. And also we're more than happy to cover it. I mean, or we could be covering a guy like Tom Brady, who appears to be raring to go after his knee surgery. And Bruce Arians is like, ah, no, I might play it safe. Like, let's slow your roll. You got old knees, buddy. So you could be one of those guys. Um, 
but yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 all for it. But I will say this, Nick. You know, with with our coverage of the Aaron Rodgers situation, I have seen some other news outlets covering the Aaron Rodgers situation, and there was a little uh, a little uh, how do I say this? A little drama uh-huh. in the football media world yes. this past week. And if uh, you didn't see it on Twitter, I'm here to tell you about it. But Pro Football Talk, yep. they picked up a story. Um, it was from who? Pull it up, is it? Wait, is it Pro Football Talk or is it Pro Football Focus? Well, talk. Uh, pro, they picked it up. They picked talk, up gotcha. Matt Schneidman and the Athletic. And Matt, uh-huh. he's, he's over there. He's uh, you know reporting on the Packers and stuff like that. And they took one of his stories... That you had to, you know, it's, it's on a subscription-based platform with The Athletic, but they took one of his stories, Pro Football talked it, read through it, analyzed it, and then they used it in some of their own reporting. And what had happened was they misinterpreted what he was actually saying. And so they took a narrative from what this, Matt was saying, and they took it and ran a little different way with it. And to be honest, he wasn't very excited about that, which nor would I be if I'm trying to write great articles about the Packers and this, uh, you know, other media source is taking this information and, and misquoting it. And then that the pro football talk had the audacity to come out and say, well, you should be honored that our media company had picked up your story and ran with it, to which Matt said. I don't give a fuck that you're, you picked my story up. If you're just going to spread lies about what my story said, he's like, that doesn't do nothing for me. So there's a little back and forth there. And I, I will say this, Nick. I hope us over on Monday evening football, we never get into a situation where we, you know, get called out for maybe misinterpreting something because that happens. You know, the way I read an article and the way you read an article, you know, we might come out with different viewpoints on it. Definitely. But then you have the author of that article come out to us and say, hey, no, that's not how I interpret it. I would hope that we would have the um, the audacity to be like, hey, you know, we apologize. We we read that article a little differently than than what it actually said. We apologize. You know, just make the proper adjustments. Like, hey, this is like, this is the article we read. We, we took it our own way. It's a little different. Like, you can make those little edits in there, but it just seems like Pro Football Talk has dug their heels in and been like, well, we're bigger than you. So it doesn't matter, which I don't know if I'm a fan of that, to be honest. Yeah, me either. I think it's, it's it comes off as entitled from them, and it comes off as, to me, like lazy journalism. Like, we're just a couple guys on YouTube, and we take the time to, like, put in the work and, like, actually try to present nuanced arguments, you know? And unfortunately, if you're not going to take the time to, like he said, like, read the article, like, actually try to understand what I am conveying, then... I don't know how you can be mad at him. You didn't take the time to like read the article. I mean, this happens all the time. We just ran a story the other day. We got called idiots because we ran a story <laughs> that about Mac Jones having mixed reviews at OTAs, which is true. It is true. Like there were mixed reviews. Now, most of the reviews on him at OTAs were positive, but they were mixed. Yep. And we pointed out that we thought it was silly that they were mixed reviews because the only uh, issue was his size, and we thought that was stupid. But 
if you take the time to listen to what we said and actually understand where we were coming from, you wouldn't think that we're trashing Mac Jones at all. But in a lot of ways, I think that sometimes in this uh, in this culture, it's it's kind of uh, I guess people rush to try to figure out uh, you know what's the headline, what's this, what's this story, what's it about, and a lot of misinterpretations happen. And then unfortunately, it almost seems like these guys uh, at Pro Football Talk got caught in a situation <laughs> like that, and they don't want yeah. to admit that they were wrong. They don't want to admit that maybe they didn't do their due diligence, and that's unfortunate yeah. because. You know, I think Matt's out here just trying to trying to do good work. And I like it that he was like, fuck you guys. Like, no, you guys screwed up. Like, I don't care that you're bigger. Like, what does that mean to me? I'm not like, yeah, you know. It does, it's like it's one thing if you're reporting accurately on my story and I'm being ungrateful about it. But, like, you're not even reporting accurately about the article that he writ, written. Sorry. So, you know, yep. I'm going to be honest. We got to be, gotta be in Matt's corner on this one. For sure. And. And, and the athletic, but you know, I, I look at this for pro football talk as an opportunity for them to, as a learning experience, you know, you may not have handled this situation the best. Mm-hmm. You may have handled it the way you thought it should be handled. And, you know, also, you know, handle it the way you want to handle it, but that it, you will start to see some consequences if you are doing this to a lot of reporters, because I was in the Twitter comments of that. And I saw a lot of Packers fans, you know, standing up for Matt and saying like, yeah, but like you, you, you wrote about his article wrong, and you know what? And then from Pro Football Talk, this gets picked up by the Pat McAfee show, and now Pat McAfee is talking about it. And sure enough, you see Matt Schneidman, his name right at the bottom there. You know, going off of this narrative that has been now misconstrued because there it it's getting murky and it's not really what he's saying. So it's like there is some effects here. Because, you know, he he works with the Packers on a daily basis as being a reporter there, you know. So for something to get all the way to the Pat McAfee show that he written and from where he wrote written it to where it's at at the Pat McAfee show is a completely different narrative. And if you're writing for the Packers and the narrative that's not right is getting back to the Packers because now it's blown up like that, that could be detrimental to a guy's career. So to be able to just come out and say, hey, you know what? It looks like we did maybe interpret the the article wrong. Like there is no harm in saying that. And if like if you came out and you said that on your Twitter, be like, oh, we apologize. Like you think the fan bases are going to be like, oh, my God, I took this article and, you know, I took what was in here and like it was what it was. Like you can have a mistake. Like you can make a mistake. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Just got to write your wrongs but, at the end of the day. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah. Just write your wrongs, own up, sip your medicine for the 30 seconds it is. But I will say this, like you probably have a lot more people that aren't a fan of pro football talk because they did take this stance of like, you should just be honored that our big publication picked up your story. For sure. It feels, uh, it feels somewhat out of touch in the current media landscape because, you know, no longer do these larger media companies have as much leverage as they used to. And so, you know, in this day and age, in 2021, for Pro Football Talk to display an attitude of we are so big, we do what we want, and you should just be grateful that we exist. In today's media landscape, it's not the stance that I think you want to take. It comes off as very, like, very entitled. And, you know, at the end of the day, the next Pro Football Talk is out there. 
and like it exists and it's trying to it's be com- like it it's it's one of these things where you know i think the more genuine you can be the less entitled you seem you know it's, people seem to gravitate towards that and like you said i think that i think that uh you know in this particular case i think they lost some fans i think matt gained some fans and at the end of the day yeah. like that's what's going to happen you know the free market of the internet will decide and at the end of the day yeah. like I think doing the right thing is is always the right thing. So, yeah, and you know, and and not to be so down on Pro Football Talk because they do provide some good information and it's a good news outlet. Um, so don't want to take that away from them. But when you do make a mistake, just own it. Yep. Work through it. Move past it. Is is what we're saying over here. And you know what, we're taking this as a learning opportunity for us as well. So we, you know, hopefully don't make that same mistake. Because that's that's not the brand that we want to put out, and I feel like you know most people you know don't want to put out that entitled "we're bigger than you, better than you" type of brand. But uh, you know, it, it unfortunately it does work for some people. So hey, you know, a, a little bit of a, a a sad note, but like yeah, the 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 media scape is it's uh, getting interesting for sure. No and doubt. hey, you it is a little bit of a slow news week when we're picking up stories that's happening on Twitter with some drama with a couple reporters and reporting and stuff like that. But Hey, I, I mean, it's, that is an aspect of the NFL and it's one that's, you know, not covered from time to time. So we're, we're happy to pick it up for you and just run with it. But guys, this is, I need you to do one thing for me, Nick. I need you to do this for me too. Okay. okay. Can you do this? I can do it. I mean, I don't know what it is. I so I, I'm asking for, but a little bit of faith. I have a feeling I can do it. Okay, he feels like he can do it. Guys, I'm just going to need you to go out and have the best Wednesday of the rest of your lives right today. Okay, go do something that makes you grow as a person. To Go do something that scares you. Go and talk to that girl that you've been wanting to talk to. Go and talk to that boy that you've been wanting to talk to. Go ask for that promotion at work. Ask for that raise. Do something that scares you a little bit. But it'll push you out of your comfort zone. You'll be a better person for it. Or at the very least, just have a great day. Maybe uh, it's going to be beautiful here in Illinois. Maybe, you know, have a couple drinks outside. Whatever. Whatever you got to do to have a great day. Um, But I know I will be doing something like that. Got a pretty girl that I got my eye on that I'm going to go talk to. Look at that. You love to see it. Guys, we'll see you uh, We'll see you on the other side of this beautiful Wednesday in the morning tomorrow. And uh, until then, take care. And once again, if you are going to have a couple evening drinks with that lady of your choice, remember, 81 Vino. That's the route, to, that, that's, that's the route that we're all running. See, that's a little football pun there for you guys. 81 Vino. Support T.O. We all love T.O. Let's make it happen. Let's blow up 81 Vino. Come on. I'm I'm excited to yeah, try. Yeah, why not? It. I'm excited to try. Yeah, you know, it. and uh, GameStop's going to the moon. AMC's going to the moon. Why not 81 Vino to the moon? That's what I say. Also, we're not financial advisors, so take that into effect. So, guys, it's been a great episode today. Glad to have you here. We'll see you tomorrow, like Nick said. We'll see you later, you jabro.